stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right, They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the world of Outlaws, NOS, energy drinks, sprint cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and I am in the Concord, North Carolina studio, as always. But joining me over the phone today is the PR god of the world of Outlaws, Nick Graziano. How's it going, and why are you on the phone? I am so far away that I just had to call in still. Now, I'm, I am home. I got to check out the races at Wheatsport over the weekend. I uh, had a lot of fun there. Uh, I got to check out some more racing while I'm back in New York. I'm um, just doing some other things for Super Dirt Week and a bunch of work-related stuff. That's pretty so, sweet. a lot of fun. That's pretty sweet. Well, you're, you sound great over the phone, um, so that's awesome. And the other thing you did up there was you answered a lot of uh, a, a few fan questions, or at least got drivers to answer them, uh, from the, the contest that we asked people to send in questions uh, about a, a week or so ago. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it seemed like the drivers had fun. Yeah, it's something different for them. Um, you know, rather than just our usual questions of, uh, like I say, of... Uh, how was the race? You know, blah, 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 blah. These are something a little, a little fun, a little different for them. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, nice to throw them a curveball every now and then. Um, I'm excited to, to get to that. Uh, but before we do that, we've got to take a quick word from our friends at Manscaped, who, of course, are the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Uh, it is just about back-to-school time across most of the country, uh, and we want to make sure that you pack the essentials to have the best year yet. The Manscaped fourth-generation performance package is just that. Things are opening up, so be ready for what is e- whatever is in the daily schedule for you. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand-new lawnmower, lawnmower 4.0. So, fellas, join the two million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code openred 20 that gets you 20 percent off plus free shipping if you use the promo code openred 20 at manscaped.com this year graduate with a degree in clean below the waist hygiene with manscaped there you go I there think, you go uh, yeah. right i mean what better advice could you have for going back to school? I don't. I don't know if you could have better. Uh, I wouldn't worry about those silly pencils, those number two pencils or anything. Uh, scientific calculator. You don't need that. Just uh, no. get Man, yourself the new lawnmower 4.0 instead. That's you know, where I would spend my entire back to school budget if I were you. Exactly. Yeah. Who needs? You don't need notepads, books. Listen, I didn't read any of those books. You know, we got the internet now. It's, you want to focus on your manscaping, right? Exactly. I think that's way more important. You want to feel comfortable when you're sitting in those uncomfortable desks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had manscaped back when I went to school. You know, it would same. Been so much easier. It would have been so much more. Yeah. Exactly. The same. Um, I guess now we may as well. Uh, Get to get to the questions and find out who is going 
to Knoxville to the Knoxville Nationals uh, in about a, a week and a half or so from now. So uh, let's get to it. And so you might remember last episode we talked about uh, a fun fan challenge uh, where we had 10 sets of two tickets for Wednesday and Thursday shows to the Knoxville Nationals. Um, all you had to do was ask a question. We had a lot of people ask questions, a lot of good questions. Uh, definitely was not easy to pick. No, uh, there was a ton players. of them. Yeah, there's really cool questions. Um, that's something I always thought would be cool to do, um, and I think it turned out pretty well. We've got 10 really interesting questions here, some good answers we got from drivers. There's a couple questions that were from us we'll answer after we get to the driver ones. Um, so basically, um, if you hear your name, congratulations. You're going to Knoxville. That's so awesome. What an easy way to get tickets to a race, right? Yeah, right. That is so uh, cool. Also, Nick, thank you for going uh, around the World of Outlaws pit area this past uh, past weekend in uh, upstate New York and uh, going and getting all these questions answered for everyone. Yeah, it was neat. It was fun. Uh, I think the drivers enjoyed it, something different from them. Uh, they knew it was coming from a fan rather than us just going to them asking same old racing questions all over again. So um, <laughs> you could definitely tell some of them enjoyed it and uh, uh, thought it was uh, pretty neat. I think it was fun too. It was nice to just get back to New York area and uh, it's kind of my way to, to cheat my way back home and for a little bit of work. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so who's the first one that we got? Uh, first one we'll start off with is Zach Geary. Hopefully I'm saying everybody's name right. Uh, he had a question for Craig Kinzer. All right, a question for Craig Kinzer. Here we go. This is from Zach. He asked, uh, is there a story behind why the Kinzer family um, has used the number 11? Uh, not really, I guess. <laughs> um, I know when I started, the reason I ended up with 11K is because uh, we had a lot of 11 uh, decals sitting around the shop. Made it pretty easy to go on mini sprints, so... Uh, you know, I just slapped them on my mini sprint. I always had just white, usually white cars. And um, then when I got running uh, sprint cars, you know, I obviously was running with my dad here and there. So I had to start running the K on it. That's uh, really the only reason why the 11 K's on it. Um, it's grown more attachment over the years. But obviously my dad, I'm sure, likes the 11 a little bit. <laughs> to me, uh, the number didn't make a huge difference to me. Uh, so changing numbers wasn't really anything huge for me. But, um, you know, having looking back now, uh, as many years, it's definitely grown on me. That's for sure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, it's, cool. it's always cool to hear why drivers like certain numbers that they do. Yeah, I agree. I was expecting more there, uh, to be honest with you. But it's interesting that there really isn't a story behind the 11. It's just a number they picked. And just for him, it was just we got plenty of decals around, so let's just keep using it. <laughs> That's well, really funny to me. Eleven sitting around here. <laughs> that's that's hilarious to me, actually. Uh, the next one uh, from Derek Scott was to David Gravel. So let's hear uh, let's hear this one. All right, this one is from Derek. He asked if you were a car owner instead of a driver at the moment, and you could have basically any driver you wanted, except for an NASCAR driver to drive for you. Who would you want it to be? Hmm. That's a tough question because if you want success now or success later, that's a that's a good one. So to run the World of All Law team, yep. Um, man, that's tough to say. Um, who do I like right now? 
Tyler Courtney's doing a good job. But I would try, I would try to win with somebody that maybe hasn't had the big success or the big stage. Um, try to try to work with somebody. It's I feel like it's really rewarding doing that. Um, kind of pull someone up from a younger. Yeah, stage younger. Or, uh, yeah, lower like division. Yeah, I mean I think like not younger, but. I mean, Cole Duncan's good, and I don't think he has been on the big stage. I would, you know, there's a lot of good micro kids out there. So, I don't know. There's a couple of good guys in the Northeast that Briggs, Danner, and somebody else. You know, it'd be cool to get somebody young and build them up and and try to win races. So, um, yeah, we'll go with that. There's another kid in the Northeast. I don't know his name, but he's pretty good as well. But definitely, we'll go with a young guy. Cool. Um, do you guys? So I enjoyed there, Nick. That. Um you get to hear how much someone like David is paying attention to uh, the rest of the racing world and like the, the micros world. Yeah, for sure. Also, we've got Millbridge. I might be watching Millbridge on Dirt Vision now and seeing some of that uh, talent coming up through. But yeah, it's, it's cool that uh, someone like that is keeping an eye out there. And who knows, maybe we'll see Gravel own a team one day and hire someone like that. That would be, that would be super cool. I mean, when you ask these questions, this is pretty well fresh off of uh, King's Royal. So the easy answer there is definitely Tyler Courtney for sure. But yeah, it was just really cool to, to hear him start throwing out some other names of, of people who were like, oh, now they can, if they listen to this show, could be like, wow, people up above really are paying attention. It's like, holy crap, David Grail wants me to hire me for a team. Where's the, Let's get this started. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, who do we have next, Nick? Uh, we have Braden uh, Shellstrom. I think I hopefully I'm probably butchering these names. I'm sorry. Uh, he, he had a question um, kind of in general. We I went to uh, Jacob Allen for this one. I figured he'd have a good answer. and He did. All right. Let's hear from Jacob Allen. Let's get this started. All right. This is from Braden. He asked uh, when you're racing, how much are you talking to yourself? If at all, like maybe cussing a guy out or just kind of coaching yourself throughout the race. Uh, I don't really talk to myself at all. You know, um, you know, probably if I would talk to myself, I guess I, I have. Um, it's probably more, you know, if you're leading a race or up front in a race and, um, you know, just kind of like talking to yourself, hoping you get the win or whatever, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, a lap car gets in your way and you kind of like, you know, say whatever you say when the lap car is in your way. But... Yeah, not really. I don't know what I get out of myself by talking to myself. But, uh, yeah, it's not something I'm really into. <laughs> Did you talk to yourself in the car, Nick, when you raced? I don't I don't think I ever talked to myself. But like him, like after we're done uh, we're, we're done recording, all of a sudden he kind of goes, maybe, maybe I do talk to myself. I don't know. <laughs> not, I, I'm not sure. I kind of have to record myself. Maybe I'm going, all right, Jacob, that was a good corner, Jacob. Yeah, keep going, Jacob. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I've, as I've said multiple times on this show, I've never raced anything uh, at a competitive level before. The extent is like, I get really competitive if I go to like GoPro Motorplex or something, but I don't know if anyone else there on the track with me is being competitive because they've probably raced higher. But I know I'm talking to myself when I'm in, when I'm in that car going, oh, that was a, disgusting corner you are awful and then the next corner hey that was a little bit better but uh i feel like for the most part everything's happening so quickly especially in a sprint car race that maybe they just don't have enough time to do it not like in a in a nascar race where they've got all this time to press the button and hop on the radio i think you're 
I think you're always thinking and not maybe not necessarily talking yourself in the way of pumping yourself up. I think you're always thinking, I got, I got to do this enter this way. It's just kind of mentally talking to yourself. Um, definitely maybe a few hand gestures to other people every now and then. <laughs> oh, for sure. We've seen that multiple <laughs> times. Uh, this next question is to Jacob Allen's shark racing teammate, Logan Shuhart. This comes from the way of Rick Hodge. So let's see uh, what Logan Shuhart had to say. All right, this one is from Rick. He asked, uh, describe to someone who's never driven or worked on a sprint car, how would you describe the step from competing at a local level to now competing with the World of Outlaws? Uh, I'd say when you race with the World of Outlaws, you know, it depends on the, the field size, but I'd say there's, you know, 15 to 20 guys or maybe a little bit less than that to have a, you know, a good chance of winning. And I say at a local level, um, you know, if you're doing the same format and everything, I'd say there's probably, you know, five, six guys that are capable of winning. So I just think the level of competition and the quality of cars is a lot higher when you race with the World of Outlaws, which makes it that much more tough. I I feel like that makes plenty of sense, don't you? Yeah, pretty straightforward. It's kind of what you hear everybody say. Once you get to outlaw level, it's just a different level. It's You've always got to be on it. Like um, We have an interview coming up, I think, maybe in the next week or so with someone uh, named Dan Lasowski that kind of talks about um, him coaching his drivers of how to race in the world of outlaws and how competitive and uh, just uh, crazy it can be. He would know all about it, right? Uh, maybe just a few wins here and there. <laughs> Who do you have next, Nick? Uh, we have Richard Presley. Uh, he had a question for Brad Sweet. All right. The two-time and defending champion, Brad Sweet. All right, this is from Richard. He asked, uh, if you could take back, uh, turn back the clock and have five laps to be any uh, former outlaw, who would it be, and would you, you do whatever necessary to take the win? <laughs> um, that's tough. I got, you know, I was fortunate enough to race against Steve Kinzer, obviously not in his prime. Um, but, you know, you always want to, you know, go back to the greatest of all time, and I, I feel like that would be Steve more in his prime in, the, in like, the mid-'90s or something, and obviously try to race against him, um, you know, to see how we do. And I'm a clean racer, so uh, the only way I would, you know, be happy with beating him is if I could do it clean. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's what gains you respect in sprint car racing. And uh, I think I'd have an awful hard time beating him, but it'd be sure fun in my prime versus uh, him and his prime to, to see, you know, how good, uh, you know, he really was with his race car. And, and uh, put the Napa car against the quicker state car would be pretty fun. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think everybody would be buying a ticket to that race. Could you imagine having a a Sammy in his prime, a Steve in his prime, uh, Lasoski in his prime against some of the guys that we've got racing right now in in the prime of their careers? That would be, man. I don't even know. I don't think we could. Even, I don't think we'd ever sit down in a track again. We'd just always be standing up watching everything. You to to borrow the saying from uh, from some of the elder announcers out there they'll they'll sell you the whole seat but you're not going to use any of it yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> this next one comes from nick whalen uh he has a question for carson macedo all right this one is from nick he asked um since uh, the jjr team and phil are arguably one of the best at when it comes to knoxville does that put any pressure on your shoulders knowing uh the reputation uh, that they have at the track and if so how do you deal with that uh, well, I was lucky enough 
you know, to have the opportunity to drive with this team in 2018 at the Knoxville Nationals. And, um, you know, I felt like when I took that opportunity that there was definitely a lot of people that asked me that same question. Um, but, you know, like every opportunity, I guess, that I've taken in racing is I just take the same approach. You know, I, I come in, I give 110%, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like uh, you can only worry about things that you can control, and what I can control is, you know, the process goals that I've put in place to try and be the best driver I can be. So uh, whether that's staying in the gym or watching video or, you know, making myself as prepared as possible, I just want to make sure that I do that. So, um I mean, it definitely, if anything, it raises my confidence to a, a very high level. The fact that, I, you know, Phil is very, very good at Knoxville and has a really good track record at that place. So um, I feel like uh, I'm just going to go there, you know, do the best job that I can possibly do. And wherever the cards lay at the end of the weekend is where they're going to where they're going to fall. So we did go there in, you know, uh, May and and had, you know, right. a couple, you know, really good runs. So I do feel like I learned a few things there that I can apply and hopefully, uh, yeah, just be as prepared as I can. And I'm going to do the best I can and whatever happens, happens. Uh, yeah, I think it's easy to say that they're the favorites heading into uh, Knoxville Nationals week. Yeah, that's for sure. Obviously, with the success that they've had and, like you said, just dominating, uh, dominating there in May, I think they're going to be pretty good. He's mentioned uh, he's one of the guys that are going to run the Capitani that Sunday, so they're getting even more laps, too. Uh, it's a good test for them. Uh, I think we have one more left for a driver there, Nick. We do. This is from Anita Boyles uh, McNeely. Her, her question was for Sheldon. All right, this one is from Anita. She asked, uh, with the success of your dad um, that he's had, uh, what is one thing that you hope to accomplish and why? Maybe kind of to match him, if anything. Uh, I don't know. It would be hard to, to match him, I think, fully, but uh, I think a championship would be probably the, the best thing to be able to match him or, or outdo him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Dad's done a lot in his career, so uh, if we can even get close to that, I think uh, we'd be doing good. Cool. Dad certainly has had a lot of success in his career, hasn't he? Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, I think, like you said, the championship, the one thing uh wasn't able to get, but uh, I, th I think we'll see Sheldon as a champion here. I uh, just got to clean up some of those late race uh, maneuvers, uh, maybe through lap traffic, and <laughs> I have a few more wins and a little bit better chance at a championship. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's coming at some point, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. So, uh that's all the questions for all of our drivers. Um, so thank you to all of the, our drivers uh, who answered questions. Sheldon Hoddenshield, Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo, David Gravel, Jacob Allen, Logan Schuhart, and Craig Kinzer. Thank you to all of you for taking the time to answer um, all of these questions that we had. And we've got a few more, uh, but these ones were actually for us, which was really cool. Yeah, it was neat. Um, uh just kind of thought it'd be cool put them out for drivers if anybody had anything for us and actually there were a few for us i thought were be actually pretty fun uh to talk about uh and answer uh the first one is from kenneth westfall uh he asked us if you were able to bring back one former outlaw champion to compete for one season at their prime with today's drivers who would it be uh i think uh I think Brad Sweet hit the nail on the head before with with his answer uh, about 
um, turning back the clock and raising any former outlaw driver. For me, it, it would be the King Steve Kinzer. I feel like watching him go up against Donnie Schatz, which we got to do, obviously, for, for a while there, but watching him in his prime go up against Donnie Schatz and in, in his prime, Brad Sweet, uh, plus guys like Sheldon and, and Carson and David Gravel, it would just be so much fun. Yeah, obviously, Steve would be pretty cool to see come back and race. Um, I think uh, Doug Wolfgang would be pretty cool. Uh, that would be a lot of fun to see what he could do against these guys. Um, and not, He's not too far away from it, but I, I always thought he still was one that could have got a championship. I think if he was at his prime with a really good team, I think Joey Shadana would be a lot of fun to see race with these guys too. I, I I agree with you, and I'm just gonna throw one more name out there since you threw a couple out there as well. I would love to see an in his prime Jack Hodenshield get to race now against his son Sheldon. Oh yeah, with the 22 Pennzoil car too. That would be specifically. Awesome. I would want yes. love to see them at Eldora racing against each other. Like, which one of you can run there. the wall better? <laughs> yeah, who's gonna take it from who? <laughs> be so cool. Uh, this next one comes from Jack Conrad. And uh, I'm really interested in getting the the answer to this as well. I don't get to the track nearly as much as you do, or 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 even did, obviously, because um, you're not on the road as much as you used to be. But you still get out there way more than I do. Uh, and normally, I just look at the the hot laps and qualifying order sheet and go, oh, okay, it's it's pill draw has been done. I'm pretty certain I know how this works. Um, but Jack Conrad says the pill draw is important. But how exactly do the numbers work? Yeah, so I thought this was a really interesting question. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, uh, Anthony Carini, who used to be uh, the sprint car PR guy, he's now our uh, timing and scoring guy. So um, when you see race monitor and all the uh, times and everything on Dirt Vision working, that's because of him. He's got that stuff uh, down pat, working well. Um, but he also controls the pill draw at the beginning of the day. So usually... Like maybe I think like a couple, three or something hours before driver's meeting, um, he'll set up out front. He's got um, kind of his, uh, his I guess, a bingo wheel, as you could uh, call it, uh, filled with balls with numbers written on them. Uh, a driver or team member comes up, he rolls it, number comes down, where that number is, whatever that number is, he writes their name on the sheet. Uh, he's got a sheet, I think it's uh, usually about, there's I think about 50 in there uh depending on the number of cars that show up if it's a really big uh crowd they'll add more balls in there bigger sheet just to better accommodate uh make it more fair for everybody uh numbers wise too uh but it's pretty much simple as that uh they come up he rolls number comes out that's where you go on the sheet and um then you just kind of fill in as the numbers come in and where guys line up so someone may never get the one but if you're draw two and whoever's three then obviously you're going out first for um qualifying the guy whoever drew the number next number after two whatever that may be a five or six could be a ten uh he's going out second for qualifying and then obviously that they um he takes the names and they break them out into the hot lap group hot, sorry hot lap groups yeah easy to say <laughs> So I think that's the confusing thing, right? Is sometimes you could see someone draw like a number seventeen, 
but that's not necessarily where they're going to go out in qualifying is the 17th spot. Like if you draw right. the 17 and only six guys pick numbers uh, ahead of number 17, then you're basically going to go out seventh. Exactly. Yeah. You could, it could be a case where someone gets to 17 and they're the first person out for qualifying. Just so happens maybe everybody else got a number bigger than 17. It could just be everybody going from 18, 19, 20, and so on kind of deal. Perfect. So, yeah, that's I, I had a feeling I knew how that worked. And to, to Jack Conrad, there you go. Hopefully that explanation uh, made plenty of sense to you. Yeah, it's it's fun. You know, the teams get into it. Uh, they'll they'll try and call their numbers, see what they think they can get. Or, um, you know, one week, one crew member might get fired if he gets to 50. Or the next crew member might get hired if he gets to two the next week. It, it always changes. <laughs> you never know who might show up. And, you know, if you're like Jason side and roll the 50 one time, he might just take the ball and throw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take it that this has happened. Uh, yeah, maybe a time or two. <laughs> uh, I think we have one question left, Nick. Uh, who is this one from and what is the question? This one is from Joshua David Parker. Uh, he asks, what makes the Knoxville Nationals so special in your opinion? I feel there are many things uh, to do, but what is one thing that stands out when you think of the Knoxville Nationals? Uh, my first Nationals was in 2019. Um, it's definitely almost hard to put into words why it's so special. It's you, you get there for the Nationals, and it's almost like entering a whole different world almost. There's campers everywhere parked on people's lawns. Teams are parked in business uh, parking lots. I know the KKR team takes over a uh, dealership parking lot. You know, there's this one plaza. It's just loaded with uh, race car haulers. And, you know, they take their cars from there and bring them down the road into the racetrack. It's like I said, it's just this complete different world that you've never seen, never been to. It's like this whole town just becomes an extension of the racetrack pretty much. And then the event itself is just cool because there's so much hype. Everybody's excited to be there. Everybody loves it. You know, it's for these drivers. This is their this is their Super Bowl. This is their Daytona 500. This is everything they really work for for the years. All this, so everything is put into this event, and it's just uh, a fun atmosphere too. You know, Knoxville does a really great job with the event. Has a lot of fun activities. There's a cornhole tournament. Obviously, people go to Dingus across the street almost every night and have fun. Uh, there's just a lot to it and um a lot that makes it a fun event i know you haven't had the chance to go to it we're got to change that and get that happening here soon but what's it like to watch in dirt vision yeah i i haven't been to it yet i'm really dying to go to it I've, i feel like i've been to all the other really big ones but i haven't been able to to knock that one off yet um but from the dirt vision side the nationals is fun because especially this year we are trying to do the event the justice that it deserves from the broadcast uh, side of it. We are trying to make it much bigger than what you would see as a normal Dirt Vision broadcast from, I don't know, let's say Ransomville from last week. Um, It's not being treated like it's just another race because it's not just another race. It is the Knoxville Nationals. And we've got some things planned, um, some new toys that we're going to debut that should make this really, really cool that I can't really say anything about yet. Um, But if everything works the way it should, 
uh, and the the smart minds on our team figured out the way I know that they can, it's it's going to be really really awesome. And that's the that's the really cool part for me is is that we use this event to try to do it justice and try things that we might not try anywhere else because we want to do something really special for what is a really special event. I don't know if I want to go or just watch it on Dirt Vision now. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what these things are. Yeah, my my recommendation is to uh, get yourself a platinum pass. Uh, so that you can watch this thing and uh, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the show. Because, and the other thing I would do maybe is I don't know, like wear a diaper or something. Because you're not gonna want to get up to go to the bathroom. Like I would put a cooler, <laughs> like right next to you, like right next to your chair, uh, and maybe wear a diaper or something. Because we are we are trying to fill this show out. Uh, and this broadcast out to where if there's any downtime going on at the racetrack, we're now even busier on, on Dirt Vision. You're you're not going to want to get up and walk away because we've got some really cool stuff planned. I'm super excited for that now. And, and I mean, you know, if you if you miss it, Nick, it'll be in the the Fast Pass exclusive section. So, you know, you'll be at the racetrack, but you can still watch it pretty much right after it's all over with. That'll be awesome. And now I see uh, Dirt Vision has uh, a new site and uh, some cool things with some apps going on just in time for it, too. Heck yeah. So uh, our our team put in a lot of effort um, from Christina Cordova to Brian Dunlap to Chris Owens to uh, um, everyone else that I'm already forgetting. I can't believe I'm forgetting, but everyone knows who they are. They all put in a lot of effort over the last few months to uh, get this new site done and and built in time for this event uh it should it, it is a, a drastic change from what we had uh and i understand that for those that maybe don't like change out there but once you get used to it it's going to be way easier uh the broadcasts are going to flow smoother and be watched smoother for you um excuse me and in addition to that like you said we've got plenty of apps coming out there's an app for just about I think like 95% of the smart TVs that are out there. Uh, plus it's compatible with most smart TV web browsers. Now uh, our fire stick app literally hit, uh, hit Amazon store today on Tuesday, as we're recording this. Um, if you want to watch Dirt Vision, you're going to be able to watch Dirt Vision on just about any platform. Now, for those of you that, that use uh, your Xbox One for streaming, we've got an app on there now, too, and it's compatible with the uh, the web browser on there as well. So if you want to watch us, you're going to be able to watch us just about anywhere now, which is really, really cool, and it comes at uh, a perfect time. Like I said, we, we want to treat this event uh, the way it should be treated, which is the biggest event in sprint car racing. And to do that... Uh, the whole team knew that we had to be compatible with a lot more places than we were compatible, and everyone went to work to make that happen, and, and now it's happened. That's awesome. There's so much cool stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, especially for uh, our uh, 10 winners here. Uh, congratulations to them again. They'll actually they'll get the chance to be there. Um, uh, they got tickets for Wednesday and Thursday. Hopefully they can get to uh, Friday and Saturday, too. It's definitely a whole week event. You don't want to miss whether you're there or watching a Dirt Vision. 
uh, this this is definitely something special. And thank you to uh, Kendra Jacobs at Knoxville again for uh, giving us those tickets to give out to. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, congratulations to all of you. Uh, I just want you all to know I am super jealous of all of you uh, that you're going to get the chance to go out to the Knoxville Nationals. So uh, we hope you, know, you, you all enjoy. You should have asked the question. I should have, but well, you know, I did ask a question. I asked you before all this, am I eligible if I ask a question? And you said no. So. Uh, Maybe I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we didn't forget about, though, Nick, was there was uh, two awesome races this past weekend in upstate New York. Yes. Uh, so happy to see racing back in my home state again. Uh, I got to go home for at least Weedsport and see that. That's Weedsport's always been one of my favorite tracks to race at and just go to. And it was super cool to see both Ransomville and Weedsport just packed with people. Uh, New York fans definitely missed their sprint car racing and it showed and we gave them some pretty couple of good shows too. Uh, yes, yes we did. Specifically, I mean, both nights were great, but Friday night uh, at Ransomville Speedway, oh my gosh, I really thought that a gentleman by the name of Pauli Colagiovanni was going to absolutely shock the world and pull off a World of, Out- world of Outlaws win on Friday night. I-, I heard Johnny Gibson say during the race, I don't know if you were able to catch this or if you already knew this, this was Pauli Colagiovanni's fifth 410 sprint car uh, start of the season. Okay, In those prior four races, he failed to make the feature at whatever track he was racing at. On the fifth attempt, he not only makes the feature, but missed a win against the World of Outlaws by a car length. So close. I mean, that would have just been incredible. I think he would have been like the third first-time winner in a month or something like that, and like first New York winner in almost 20 years. Like It would have been, it would have been cool. It was definitely cool for him. Um, I know there's not a lot of 410 racing in New York in general. It's mostly mostly uh, 360. So uh, definitely really cool to see a New York native have such a good run. And we might have to come up with, I don't know, what do we call them, the New, the New York Mafia? We got to look up for the New York Mafia now? I think that's what they deserve to be called, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, if he would have won... I don't even know if any of us would have even had the the words to describe how monumental that would have been. But his second place run is still incredible. I mean, again, oh, yeah. he didn't make any feature in his prior four starts this year. Four starts. That's it. I mean, we're in what? we've. This was race 50 for the World of Outlaws this year. And he's only made four starts in a 410 all of 2021. And in his fifth start, he goes and finishes second against the World of Outlaws. It's unbelievable. So uh, going back to Gravel's answer, I think I know who I might hire for my team. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if he would have won, I mean, someone would have had to have sold the movie rights for it because it is one of the would have been one of the absolute biggest upsets. Honestly, I think ever in sports, I, I really I don't feel like that's even using hyperbole to describe that. I feel like that's legitimate. It would have been one of the biggest upsets ever. Yeah, just taking on uh, guys like Reitzel and Shots and Sweet. And I mean, that's just crazy. Unreal. So cool. But cool, still so cool to see. Yeah, that, like you said, the second place finish is still just got to be, got to feel, had to feel like a win from him. For I him mean, you could see it uh, when our camera would pan by the, the front stretch grandstands. You could see everyone freaking out, getting on their feet in the grandstands. And that was how it was here in Concord and the Dirt Vision Studio. We had a, a packed house here because we had 
five broadcasts come out of here on, on Friday night. And when it came time for the sprint car race, and, and you got about halfway through it and start realizing, oh my goodness, he is starting to reel in Aaron Reitzel. Everyone shifted their attention to the screen that had that race on. And I mean, you've got, we had people jumping up and down, yelling and screaming at the TV, cheering him on. It was just super cool. Yeah, as I think uh, we've we've shown that racing in New York uh, definitely needs to happen every year. Uh, I, I agree. We can't, we can't miss it anymore. <laughs> I agree. Ransom, Ransomville put on a fantastic show. Uh, it culminated with Aaron Reitzel taking the win and a $10,000 prize from the second place starting position. Paul Ecola Giovanni finished in second, as we mentioned, and a nice $6,000 pickup for him. That's probably not bad uh, for him and that team. Craig Kinzer with a podium run finished in third from seventh. Brad Sweet finished in fourth. David Gravel rounded out the top five. Carson Macedo finished in sixth. Logan Schuhart started 15th and raced his way up to seventh. Donnie Schatz finished eighth. James McFadden finished ninth. And Brock Zierfoss rounded out the top ten. Um, in the championship standings after this race, uh, before we went to Weed Sport, Carson Macedo sat 116 points back of Brad Sweet. David Gravel was third, 140 points out. And those are the only two drivers after Ransomville on Friday night that were within 200 points of Brad Sweet. Uh, I forgot to mention the lap leaders, Aaron Reitzel. There was only one of them. He led laps 1 through 30. And your KSE Hard Charger Award goes to Logan Schuhart, who gained eight spots to go from 15th to 7th. Uh, We shift our attention to Saturday night at Weed Sports Speedway. David Gravel took the win, um, but that's not the story of that race. Oh, no. That was, uh, I think, gave a little bit of a, a mention to that before one of our questions. Uh, Sheldon was on his way to uh, another thrilling win, uh, a New York win. I think it would have been his first New York win. But then didn't. Then, there, then it didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Um, man, he was gone. And got a little too aggressive in lap traffic, trying to put James McFadden a lap down, and they made contact going into turn one, and Sheldon ended up in the fence. Yeah, I mean, he was ripping around there. He had everybody was trying to figure out the bottom um, in the middle, and some guys were even trying to run the top. He had, like, like Sheldon fashion, he had that thing dialed in and just on another level from everybody else. And weed sports, not uh, super easy to do that around the whole time. You can, turn one is, it's a D shaped track. So when you go into turn one, it's super tight. And it's like, you can never really, you know, it's such an odd entry into the corner. Um, I think he just wasn't really prepared for how his entry was going to be trying to get around James or what it was, how this car was going to work around James and things just racing incident. Everybody was too close. Didn't work out. And unfortunately he ended up uh, in a turn one wall, no damage got to continue, but then basically handed the win to David Grapple. Yeah. I mean, there was three laps to go when this yeah. happened three. Um, and I think he was up by like three and a half seconds over David Gravel too. I mean, if you're David Gravel, the caution comes out and you look to your right a little bit and you're like, oh, am I the leader now? And yeah, yeah, he was and just had to nail a restart and went on to take the win. Um, Yeah, that was. What are we up to now? Like five five times that we can count that 
Sheldon was on his way to a win and either oh, made a mistake or or something else just happened to him and and suddenly the win went to someone else. I mean, can you imagine where he would be? He's 276 points out in fifth. Could you imagine where he would be if he actually put together all of those wins? I mean, he'd probably be a rivalry. Uh, well, I can't even talk today. Uh, <laughs> rivaling uh, Brad for the amount of wins this year. He probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he would be second in points right now, if not even closer to the points lead. Um, it's just those little things that, I don't know if maybe uh, probably maybe he hopes would wish that the sprint cars have stick signals like the late miles do, and they could tell him like, "Hey, you got a good gap. You don't have to not to push it as hard right now." Yeah, yeah. He uh, he could probably use someone taking the stick signals from the the late model world over to the sprint car world to just let them know. But uh, as you mentioned, David Gravel went on to take the win, uh, held off Brad Sweet on a late race restart. To score that victory, Brad Sweet finished in second, Donnie Schatz finished in third, Carson Macedo fourth, and Logan Schuhart in fifth. Uh, Danny Varon finished in sixth, Craig Kinzer seventh, Paul Ecola Giovanni finished in eighth, Wayne Johnson finished in ninth, and Brock Zierfoss once again rounded out the top ten. Uh, James McFadden ended up finishing 11th, and Sheldon Hodenshield finished 12th after that contact uh, with McFadden and subsequently The Wall. And the previous night's winner, Aaron Reitzel, finished in 13th. Uh, taking a look at the lap leaders, Donnie Schatz led laps 1 through 20 after starting on the pole. Excuse me. Sheldon Hoddenshield led laps 21 through 28, and then David Gravel led laps 29 and 30. Your KSE Hard Charger award was Danny Varon, who gained nine spots to go from 15th to 6th. Uh, taking a look at the points after Saturday night at Weed Sports Speedway, Brad Sweet, of course, at the top with 7,070 points. Carson Macedo uh, dropped just a few points. He is now 120 out of the lead. David Gravel with the win gained a few points. He is now 136 points back in fourth. Donnie Schatz, is, or I'm sorry, in third. Donnie Schatz is fourth. Sheldon Hoddenshield rounds out the top five in points. And now we turn our attention to one of my favorite race weekends of the year uh, at I-55. Iron Man. Such a cool weekend. I am Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love this track. Uh, I love this race. Um, I would say the 2019 race actually would have been a bit of a bore if it wasn't so impressive watching Sheldon absolutely destroy the field on that night. But last year's version was one of the craziest races I've ever seen that ultimately ended with Kyle Larson taking the victory. And almost ended with him not even uh, having a car to finish with. <laughs> yeah, a little close call with between him and Rico. But yeah, like you said, it was awesome. I mean, Jacob Allen was up there leading for a while, and there was Rico and Kyle, and yeah, that was definitely one you're not gonna forget. That was a really hard race to cut highlights for last year because I, I felt like I needed to just show the whole thing because so much happened. Right. Yeah, I'm sure the year before it was just Sheldon's leading, huge lead, awesome win. This one. Uh, can we show the whole race? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it got tough, and I'm hoping that Saturday will be like that uh, again. Um, which reminds me that these ne- this next week and a half is an awesome time to be a fan of sprint car racing, uh, as has this whole last month. Um, but this weekend alone, you've got what I think is one of the most exciting race weekends on the World of Outlaws calendar. Um, 
at I-55 in Peavely, Missouri on Friday and Saturday night with the night before the night the night before the Iron Man and uh, the Iron Man 55, of course, on Saturday. Happening simultaneously is the Knoxville 360 Nationals from Knoxville Raceway. Uh, and then, of course, next week is the Knoxville Nationals itself for the 410 Sprint Cars. It's an awesome time to be a Sprint Car fan, and I urge you to either get to the racetrack uh, or watch on Dirt Vision if you can't. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, there's so much good racing happening just in these next few months between Knoxville and I-55. And even after Knoxville, we have so many cool races coming up. It's, like you said, I think perfect way to say it. It's a great time to be a sprint car fan. It's a great time to be a sprint car fan. So um, for those of you, again, who won tickets uh, through this contest, congratulations. And we hope you have a phenomenal time uh, at Knoxville Raceway. For those of you who didn't win tickets, uh, please still go and try and get tickets to these races if you can. And if not, watch on Dirt Vision. And uh, I, I think that's it. I think that's all I got, yeah. Nick. Yeah, I think, you know, the questions are cool. If anybody's got any more questions, keep them coming. I mean, we could probably do another one of these another time. Yeah, we're fun. happy to answer all your questions. We may not have tickets to give away the next time or, yeah, or, have or to give whatever. Away, but, but you know, just, just for fun, you can at least get your question on here. Yeah, I, I was that was awesome. So thank you to everyone for sending in in, uh, in your questions. Congratulations to the winners. Um, until next time, uh, my name is Rob Lamp from Dirt Vision. I am Nick Graziano, and we'll catch you all later. Bye bye. Hashtag red.